I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it's 1999 Right? This is three. This is three. Three timers club. Three timers club. I'm getting for Mel. Yeah, no, record. I mean that's you'll, you'll get there. It's Mel at four. <laughs> Mel's at four. Yeah. Yes. Emily Vanderwerf is that. That's that's Five. the yeah. That's that's the that's True the gold star. ring. Yeah, but she's she's in a class of her own. A little not, bit. Little bit. I'm not under any illusion. You are also in a class of your own. It's true. <laughs> it's a it's different true. class. It's a specific <laughs> class. It's a specific class. It's a, uh, it's the drive me crazy class. I mean, like it's that know, was fun. Which, we had fun. Yeah, that was a good one. I I know I texted Phil about the immediate drive me crazy connection. Yeah. To freaks and geeks. Do you, do you know what the immediate connection is? I don't did know, this I don't not come up? It, it probably come did. up. Yeah. Probably, probably. The the first the first character that you see, I think the first character with a line mm-hmm. in Freaks and Geeks is Brad from Drive Me Crazy. That's Brad. That's Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Doing man. the same character. Yeah, he plays yeah. such a beautiful idiot so well. <laughs> exactly. That guy had a yeah. he really a had a real big year. Yeah. yeah, he's like the guy who played James Franco's uh, friend, except homeless. You know that we. What's, I, what's the actor's name? Clement Clement Blake, I think. Yeah, Clement. Yeah, that sounds right. And I'm kind of obsessed with him because he's only played homeless guys. The guy who shows up at the at the kegger. Okay. The old man uh, that shows the old up. Man, grandpa. Yeah, yeah. He's played a homeless guy no less than ten times. Ten times. <laughs> he's got. He's got a real vibe. He's just yeah, he's got a homeless guy vibe. Yeah, it's he's a, a homeless a, man. And a dangerous vibe. Yeah, he's, he, yes, he's not. He, he's not your neighborhood friendly no, homeless man. He's not. He's not. Yeah, he's not that. He's not those homeless men who you know can play the violin or right, like yeah. uh, the soloist, like uh, Jamie Foxx. About. He's yeah, not Jamie Foxx, or he's not Joe Pesci, secret you know genius and with with honors. honors. Yeah, yeah. Most homeless men in movies are like Warman's secretly super Kessley. talented. Yeah. Um, not Clement Blake. He, he, he eats your fingernails. Uh, so here we are, Freaks and Geeks, episode four. Yep. Kim Kelly is my friend. I'm going to read a synopsis real quick, and then we'll dive in. Uh, Kim's friend Karen, played by Rashida Jones, 
uh, bullies Sam, writing Pygmy Geek on his locker. Sam doesn't take to the label kindly and finds himself in an argument with Neil over who is geekier as Sam is assigned to write a 500-word essay about vandalism in the school. Kim invites Lindsay to dinner, explaining that she needs to introduce a nice friend to her parents so they stop hassling her to sell her car. And after Lindsay realizes what an abusive home Kim is living in, the two flee the scene in Kim's car. When Lindsay suggests that Kim lie low at the Weir house, the Weirs find themselves in for a long night. Kim Kelly is My Friend was written by Mike White, directed by Leslie Linka Clatter, and aired on September 5th, 2000. So it was originally supposed to air on NBC on November 6th, 1999, but was replaced by another episode and was never aired on NBC. NBC actually banned the episode when season one was airing in 99 because of the darker content, which is insane. It's also insane when you, the, the episode that was aired in its place yes. is far you more think. problematic. Yeah. But uh, it premiered on the West that's Coast. A, that's a little tease for next week. I won't tell you what that episode is. Um, uh, when Ashley's husband does uh, mm-hmm. Tess and Breasts. Uh, premiered on so no tease anymore. No tease. Uh, premiered on uh, some West Coast stations on April thirtieth, two thousand. It had a wide release on September fifth, two thousand, on the Fox Family Channel, and is the most edited episode ever to air on the Fox Family Channel. <laughs> you would did, think that this episode was contraband. Like yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know what about this episode is so crazy. The only thing that, upon rewatching it. Yes. I was like, oh, that's that's a lot to watch. Is is actually the the confrontation between Kim and Daniel. Daniel, yes. yes. Because there's some legitimate sort of uh domestic violence yes, involved there is. that is really hard to watch in in sort of today's Yeah. Today's time and perspective. When when we but had Alan Sepinwall yeah. on for the pilot, he mentioned that he had talked to some executives and wondered what – and apparently, and this seems odd to me, the scene that, that threw them the most was the scene when the father attacks the car. They said it was too scary. Absurd. Which is – That's crazy. ridiculous. Absurd. <laughs> it's a lie. Yeah. What I, you just said was is far more psychologically upsetting. upsetting. But I, I almost wonder, you know – Knowing how, you know, as, as we know how television gets made, obviously there are notes calls at every stage. You know, the studio and the network are reading outlines, they're reading scripts, they're seeing dailies. So it feels – I wonder if somebody put their foot down and somebody dug their heels in. It, it's interesting to me that something that could get um, to a point where the network would refuse to air it would get to the point of being filmed and put together you know in a cut so yeah it's an yeah i i'm when you know that there's so many layers of notes that that come along the way you're just like how did how did we get to this stage and they're like no 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 well the the other (laughs) thing alan said that i think is relevant is this is an important kind of hinge episode for kim's character Mm -hmm. totally if it and kim you know as we also discussed like really does drive so much of the action in the beginning part of the show Without this episode, you take this episode out, there's no way to really understand why Kim and Lindsay become friends. Yeah. Um, or get a real understanding of Kim, like just as a character. Like or, to, to, you know for what I mean? sure. That, that understanding of her backstory. For sure. So I, maybe that does kind of explain why they went through the process of making it because it is such a critical episode. And then upon seeing it, I still don't understand <laughs> what happened when they saw it that they're like, no, they're not going to like this in Iowa. But um, I just, but yeah, maybe I don't know. Uh, it's 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 kind of baffling, and it makes this episode feel because I remember reading about it because I didn't I didn't watch Freaks and Geeks when it first aired. Um, it was on a box set similar to you, Kenny. I think probably a couple years after I watched it. Come it out. Yeah, and I certainly didn't watch it in '99, but I did. Buy it in college. Right. So uh, I by, by 2003, 2004, I'd seen the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember the rumors around this episode. Like I, re- I remember reading that the – either online or in the pamphlets and the box set, like that this was it, – it felt dangerous. Like this episode that was banned. Whenever anything's banned, you're just like, oh my god. And then I, I'm just like, yeah, what? then it's – to kill a mockingbird. It's like, well, come it's, on, guys. Yes. It's crazy. Catch on the ride. It's, like, it's crazy. What they, so, um, they said fuck? <laughs> I say fuck all the time. It's true. <laughs> on this podcast. I do. I say fuck yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, My kids think podcasts are just excuses for people to say fuck. They're not. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are right. <laughs> um, 
so this show for you, Ashley. Yeah. When did you see it? When did it sort of, you know, really kind of. I was similar to you guys. I think I. In so many ways. In almost all ways. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But specifically with regards to Freaks and Geeks, uh, I definitely bought the box set. I did not watch it on television. I did not watch it in 99. Um, I, there must, and I think it was around the same time, probably around 2003, 2004. So something must have happened at that point to make us all aware of it in a way that I, I, I don't. I mean, the cast, right? Becomes, I'm, they come, become movie stars in a, in a way. Not and, by then, though. Like, no? Well, you know, 40 Year Old Virgin wasn't until a few years after that. Fair enough. And before 40 Year Old Virgin, Apatow wasn't really a thing. Apatow wasn't a thing. Rogan wasn't a thing. Siegel wasn't a thing. Yeah. So, for me at least, I read every episode. I'm sorry, every issue of Entertainment Weekly. Mm-hmm. Entertainment Weekly never shut up about this show. Huh. Um, from the moment it came out, for years and years and years, whenever right. they would do a retrospective, it was this Buffy. They never shut up about. So that kind of it made was, me yeah, watch it Buffy was this and Buffy and, and Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars, they never they, shut they up. They would about. never shut up about. And I remember for the longest time being like, I don't think I want to watch this Nancy Drew bullshit. I mean, yeah, go figure. It's one of my favorite yeah. shows of all time. But it took a while for me to sort of. I, I think there were a few shows that that were these critical darlings that. Eventually and I, I love like that they mass. that they would bang the drum for these shows. Yeah. in a time when you know and before you know, Twitter or whatever, when like people weren't talking. About I'd it. also include Gilmore Girls on that list for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is a weird thing that you and I both share. Is I did. I, I wouldn't say like I was super versed in the WB shows, but when Entertainment Weekly, which really did kind of lead my you know, kind of lead me along by the nose, mm-hmm. uh, bang the drum for these shows. I, I watched every episode of Buffy. I watched every episode of Freaks and Geeks. I watched every episode of Veronica Mars and a lot of Gilmore Girls shows that like I wasn't really seeking out. Like I'd never watched like an Everwood, for instance. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think it is about the show that stuck with you or why, why you sort of, I mean, cause it's, it, it's to buy a box set, mm-hmm. you know, and to, and to, you know, watch the yeah. whole thing, you know? I mean, I think it it might be the most realistic depiction of high school that I've seen. I think it's a toss-up between this and my so-called life. And what's interesting is that I, I didn't even put together the pieces I, so much until I rewatched it now. But I'm like, oh, man. I mean, Lindsay Weir is Angela Chase. It's the exact same story of, you know, good girl – with the good family mm-hmm. who does well in school, who all of a sudden, you know, wants That's true. to hang out with the the bad kids mm-hmm. and the tension that that causes. I mean, like yeah. Millie is, um, oh my God, the, the uh, cheerleader. Why yeah. can I not think of, I can picture her su- I'm looking it up. Yeah. That's, it's, she has a real like fast, Polish last name. <laughs> what? Thanks, oh, man, bro. I can picture her, but. Uh, are you talking about her friend? Her friend, or? her, her friend. Um, AJ? No. I don't know. So oh Ray, there's Rayan. Rayan is, is the, the new friend. The, Rayan's like a freak. Yeah. Rayan is the Kim Kelly, essentially. Yeah. Sort of. She's like all Different of them, version. kind of. Right. And then like uh, Patty? Nope. Patty's her mom. Sharon. Sharon. Okay. Sharon. And, I wanted to say Sue, but. It, yeah. Um, What's so really embarrassing Sharon is I can't Millie, think of Jared Leto's character's name. Like, oh my God. Jordan. Jordan. Jordan Catalan. Catalan. <laughs> okay. I actually. That was. I my wish you can, all could have seen. I know. She's One of right. my <laughs> favorite possessions is on my purse sitting right next to me, and it's a, a pin on my purse that says, Jordan Catalano can't read this pin. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordan, it was, what's so incredible to me. The most actually thing that's ever. Is um, they both lusted after these future Oscar nominees, one of whom won an Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, they both yeah. lusted after future Oscar nominee dirtbags. <laughs> Dirt, like, of, of, like in, both in character and in real life. Uh, yeah. I, Leto's a different brand of dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> Leto's like a like, – like, I mean, Franco's kind of your garden variety dirtbag, I think. But, like, Leto's thing is so out there. It's so They've weird. never made anything like him before. <laughs> <laughs> I think he. I think he broke the mold. I think his you like Shia LaBeouf yeah. is super weird, right? Sure. But like Shia LaBeouf, like I still kind of understand. Like I don't understand Jared Leto at all. No, I don't get it. No, I don't I know don't what think, he's doing. I don't think we're meant to. Do you think he gets it? No. <laughs> that, yeah, that's how kind of. I think this is one of those yeah. those mysteries that the universe just creates. 
Remember when he won an Oscar? It's absurd. Remember when he won an Oscar and then like in rapid succession, there were stories of him sending used condoms to his yeah. castmates. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, he's you know. a joker, you know? Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a real joker, that joker. <laughs> it's a real stinker. <laughs> it's a real stinker. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the weirdest Oscar winner, right? Uh, uh, weirder than Monique? Oh. Those are the two weird ones to J- me. Jared Leto is – he just played the game. And, and by that, I mean he he did a role and then he like did the he did the circuit. Have you and seen that just, movie? I have seen that movie. He's he also, was really good. I'm not saying he was bad in it. I'm just saying I'm ter- in terms of like an Oscar campaign and like doing the whole whatever. due diligence. That so goes before we that. put him on too much of a weird pedestal, like he's no Crispin Glover. Did Crispin Glover win an Oscar? But Crispin Glover's no, weird. but he doesn't he doesn't need an Oscar to. I think Crispin. I think <laughs> fair, fair I think point. Crispin Glover knows every knows everything he's doing at all times. Don't you? I can't tell. I don't that's know. That's the beauty of him. I think, Did you say yeah. I think he probably does, but he he yeah. seems even more in control of it, but also so much weirder than Leto that I feel like he's just in a different class. Chris yeah. McGlover is is in a little bit of an Andy Kaufman universe to me. Yes, that's how I feel. Yeah. 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 Um, so. But anyway. Uh, oh, that's a digress. Big, that's another big movie we need to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, Man on the Moon. moon. Uh, so. Look forward to that, guys. Rashida Jones looks the same. She also does not she, – she does not look like a teenager to me in this in no. a way that everybody else – and, it, you know, it's always so interesting. And I think one of the great parts is seeing the difference between how young, you know, uh, Sam and his friends look sure. and how much older. But I think that they, they walk the line. Bart, who will have things to say about this, I'm sure, <laughs> in the next episode, he feels like they look a little old. But I – The freaks? The freaks. Okay. I – Buy them. Well, their ages were they're relatively age appropriate. We went through Except that on Linda the pilot. Carlini. Yeah, Cordellini's twenty four, but okay. you wouldn't. You, I don't think she looks twenty four. No, she doesn't look twenty four. But I don't know. She doesn't look sixteen she either. Doesn't but, quite look sixteen. But but I she mean, looks sixteen enough for me. Yeah, yeah. It. it works. Yeah. I think it enough. works. But Rashida has an energy that I like in this. She doesn't necessarily look age appropriate, but there's a weirdness to her energy that I kind of appreciated. The one thing that I that rang a little false to me because I mean, and what's interesting is this show is usually so on point yeah. with being just so realistic and triggering yeah. in terms of high school memories. But I I never witnessed that thing where an older girl would bully a younger boy. It seemed like girls could be very cruel and they could be very mean. But they wouldn't tend to That's interesting. cross yeah. gender lines as much. And and both gender and age lines, so I feel like. Kim Kelly does it in the pilot. She is does. It, it is the pilot, right? When she yes. with Sam when she's like, Do you want to kiss me? So Kim does it in the pilot. <laughs> I know I, I'm gonna disagree with you in that there was a girl in my school who's mm-hmm. a year older than me. Now there weren't really bullies. To be honest, like there weren't as far as I can tell, there weren't like push people in their locker bullies in my high school. I don't remember that thing. Yeah. But there was a tougher older girl who like if you came to the party she, and you weren't friends with it, you weren't friends with her, uh, she'd kind of push you around. Really? I guess in a weird Not way. Not physically I, but yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she would Kind of enforce. She was a bit of an enforcer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like what's interesting is that I buy the moment with Kim – early mm-hmm. where she fucks with him with the whole, do you want to kiss me thing? But the escalating Rashida Jones, Karen thing with the locker, that just, it, I, I get the storyline and I, you know, I get what they're doing. It's the but, less interesting part of the episode. Yeah. It's weird that in the synopsis, they lead with that storyline. Cause I'm like, that know. is it. B story for sure. Yeah. So uh, the, during the lead, <laughs> the other thing about Rashida for me in this episode is Maybe it's because, you know, I've seen her in so many other things playing different type of character. Um, she's not mean. She like – even when she's being nice, she she, she seems – being mean in this, she still seems so nice. She's Ann Perkins. She, yeah. yeah she yeah. seems it's hard so – hard to see her not as Ann Perkins. It is. Oh, well, you know, Ann Perkins or but also uh, – Any of the other characters. Yeah. yeah who, what was it? Character in um, The Office? Karen the Office. Yeah. Her character yeah. name was Karen. So like – those characters, or you know, other characters she's played, where she's just, a, she's just ring, ring, read so sweet to me. And I yeah. remember this, like, I get that. I remember because I also think she's like really gorgeous. So I, I remember even before I knew her, being like that, who's that that gorgeous girl at the time still didn't feel like the kind of girl who would be bullying, mm-hmm. wasting her time bullying some some. 
it's it's geek. a little bit. It does feel a little bit like plot mechanics. Like yeah. it does feel like they 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 need this character to do this thing, so it's going to be. Uh, but I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is there there's a um, uh, a vulnerability, I guess, to Karen that I think is interesting. Like you you say that it doesn't ring true, and I kind of maybe I'm giving it too much credit. Think that's part of it. Like I don't know that that we're supposed to believe that this person is really an asshole. Yeah, I think that it might have been a little more successful for me if they didn't try to cram this story into one episode. Yes, because this character yeah. never comes back. She right? never comes back, yeah. and and there is something really interesting there where she and Kim obviously have there's attention in their sure. friendship, and you know she is clearly flirting with, with Daniel, Daniel in the park, and so there's yeah, an insecurity just, to her that I think is interesting. Like yeah, that scene I, in the park and, and what she's playing with fire. It would have been nice to have, you know, her character in that story. I mean, the one, the one slight, if I had to nitpick this show, which I think is mostly almost yeah. perfect, yeah. it's that it is, you know, really skewed towards the male characters. And you've really just got Lindsay and Kim. Well, Alan Sepp and Walk kind of yeah. underlined that too, where it's like my so-called life felt like it was more of a female POV yeah. and this show feels like it's and, more of a male POV. You know, POV. I, it's fine. You know, it, Paul Feig is obviously speaking more to his experience and he was going to have the experience of a teenage boy and not a teenage girl. But, you know, I think it could have benefited from just rounding out the female characters a little bit more. Well, well it's, the, yeah. the six upper level writers on this show are all men. All men. And you yeah. can you And can the directors, I think – I think almost I think Leslie's the only. I think female. almost every yeah. episode was directed by a man, yeah. and you know, this it's is, interesting that this one wasn't though. And, and I Leslie wonder, like a, yeah, this yeah. is. And I think so. it's no coincidence that I mean, Mike White, who I am just an enormous fan of. Sure. When, we, when I first moved to LA, one of my first celebrity sightings. I just did the finger quotes on celebrity because <laughs> I feel like to me he is a massive celebrity, but I'm not sure that he would be to you know, you know my parents back home um i saw mike white it was like day two in la and we went to real food daily because i was just really just jumping yeah, in yeah, yeah. deep end <laughs> deep end to uh los angeles living and mike white was there and i like lost my mind i like bart, couldn't concentrate bart my husband was like what is your problem i was like it's mike white did you say what's up no, I was terrified. Uh, you said something. Um, but because Chuck and Buck is, I love. Yeah. And I just Enlightened is one of my favorite shows. And what I will say. When is, did you move to LA? Like three weeks ago. <laughs> 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 I moved to LA in two thousand, end of two thousand six, early two thousand seven. So this is this is obviously post Chuck and Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had, the good had girl. School of That's Rock so come out. School, School of Rock had come out. Yeah. Right around then. Right around yeah. then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was just starstruck. Um, but I think that he writes women really well. He does. Um, I think Enlightened is fucking awesome. It's incredible. If anyone listening has not watched Enlightened, I highly recommend it. Certainly any fan of Big Little Lies. If you want to (laughs) see Laura Dern in her purest form. Oh yeah. 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 Um, one Mike White thing I wanted to ask you, have you watched Survivor with him on it? I think it was the wasn't it the uh, the race one wasn't that the one no, he was no, on? No, 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 it was just two years ago he was on it. Oh, I'm sorry. Mike was he not White on the was, on was he not on the race one no. too with the part? Oh. Mike White was on Survivor as like a he was contestant, a contestant on, on Survivor. Survivor, and he was everything you'd hoped he would have been. <laughs> I can't believe I no, that I didn't amazing. know this, and this is terrible news for me because we are on draft and I don't have time to watch <laughs> oh. a season of Survivor, and that's all I want to do now. So I hope. <laughs> I hope that Go Jason on. and my showrunner are not listening because this will explain a little bit of why. Go, go watch. Um, go when CB. I think you can get it on like CBS.com or whatever. Yeah. The whole season. Um, I don't want to give really anything away no, outside no of like he. he no. There, no. There, there have been a lot of. There have been a lot of. I did this with Oak. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of celebrities on that show. Weirdly, like yeah. every three or four years, some random like. B-list celebrity or some athlete will be on or whatever. They don't always come off well. He comes off so fucking well. Okay. He is, this is so exciting. wonderful. I love yeah. it. Now I so, want to watch it. I'm I haven't watched Survivor since the second season. Survivor I'm, is the best show. Oh, I love – I mean Bart and I used to have a – when we lived in our first oh, just shitty, shitty apartment in Hollywood, we had a whiteboard on our kitchen uh, in on the fridge that was just exclusively for our Survivor rankings and we would rearrange them. That's fantastic. You don't watch it anymore? I haven't watched it in, in a few years. We got away from it. When my wife was on bed rest – now this is eight years ago. So we've been watching for a while. 
but we didn't watch ever. And then she's on bed rest with the twins and we're like literally in our room constantly for five months. We just start up Survivor and we've never stopped. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. This is great news. I have a question. Yeah. What are our feelings on uh, the slut shaming that exists in this episode? It felt real. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. It did. It, it felt genuine. Uh, I, I don't think that it's. I don't think the intent of it, from a writing or a directing perspective, was to slut shame. But it does feel like who was slut shamed? Kim slut shames Rashida pretty pretty heavily after the whole sort of situation. I mean, but it felt. And then more, they write slut on her locker at the she end. She writes slut on her locker, but I mean that felt to me less like. When I think slut shaming, I think of, you know, society or, you know, teenage boys, you know, calling a girl a slut right. double standard. I, I think in this case, yes, technically it's slut shaming, but it feels so much more um, sort of punitive. Sure. Then I, you know, I, I think because Kim obviously. She's more hurt than anything she's else. She's more hurt yeah. than anything else. I think that it's you stole my, you tried to steal my boyfriend, <laughs> you fucking slut, as yeah. opposed to you're a slut because you do certain things with boys. Right. All right. I had forgotten this, but I'm still going to make comments. Um, <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, everything I actually said, I agree with. Um, basically, when it's, Inside the context of a narrative, what the what matters is who's saying it and where the show comes down on it. Um, we don't take anything Kim says as the word of the writers. <laughs> so that's one thing. True. However, this is supposed to be the episode where we start to empathize with Kim a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that is the final word here, it sounds like, based on your recollection of this episode, which I watched. Don't remember. Um, <laughs> so – so there's there's that. So there's also that that like the final the final kind of period on the end of the sentence is you're a slut and I win. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, um, this was 1999. Yeah. And again, six white guys sitting in a room might not have been up on how hurtful that could be. Sure. Um, so I I, I'm not trying. To, I wasn't to condemning be it too. I mean, I think what's interesting is that. It certainly doesn't go so far as to like condemn slut shaming, but I think it's being presented as a as a unpleasant thing. Right? Yeah. No, it's I, not I'm, condoning the behavior by yeah. any means. Yeah. That's that's what I'm pushing up against a little bit. Okay. That's the if if the final word from a triumphant character that you're supposed to sympathize with is "you're a slut, therefore I win." Then it does feel a little bit like the show is condoning it. I'm saying so. I'm I'm more saying. Take it with a grain of salt because of the, at the time that this okay. was written, I don't think that a lot of men really understood that that was more than just an insult, that that actually was kind of wrong-headed on its face. So I you – know, you know what I mean? Like, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is basically um, calling someone a slut is not, is not bad because it's a mean thing to say. It's bad because there's nothing wrong with being sexually – Free yeah. and experience your sexuality however you want, mm-hmm. and I don't think that they understood that at the time. That that's, that's quite possible. So. Um, so this kind of dovetails into uh, the the conversation that the freaks have in the cafeteria where they're talking about they're sort of alluding to Karen's sexual escapades, um, sexcapades, sexcapades, as one could say, <laughs> uh, it, as one should have said, obviously. Uh, it, it, it sort of highlighted kind of how grimy these kids can be sometimes. Like there, there's this sort of, and I've mentioned this on previous episodes, but like these kids just look so dirty. I want to give them all a shower. Like they're all, their hair just looks like they haven't had a bath. Like it's just, what? You could make, I don't want to give kids a shower. You know what I mean. <laughs> Maybe my kids, Phil. I, I, I know what you mean. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I want to pay for their shower. Um, but they, they just, they, they just look like they just, look gross which is i mean teenagers are gross that's i think one of the more realistic parts of this show in fact they should be grosser if they really wanted to go for verisimilitude it's also a it's a little bit of a period thing too like i feel like kids in the 80s teenagers in the 80s just all looked kind of burnout and gross it makes me think of and this is sort of specific but strange reference but do you remember in in boogie nights 
when we turn over to the eighties and Philip Baker Hall shows up with all those like eighties porn stars and they all look just gross. Yeah, like they're all boys, and, girls. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's gross. So it, it's just uh, there's Johnny Wad. Yeah, Johnny. Is that his name? Yeah, his name's yeah. Johnny, Johnny Wad. <laughs> 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 um, but like, there's just something about the period, almost more so than these specific kids. Like everyone just looked gross back then. I thought. Either that or they were wearing like neon and they were – they looked like pop stars. It wasn't Johnny Wad. That's actually oh, – John – that's the character John Holmes played in actual porn films. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait till we can really get into porn in the next episode. What? Oh, the next episode yeah. of this show. Yes, yeah. of course. I'm going to find out what his yeah, name no, is. It wasn't Johnny. Um, so uh, – OK. So we're in the cafeteria. One of my favorite bits in the cafeteria sequence is Lindsay – sitting at the table next to those other kids. Oh, yeah. There's like a heavy set kid and a girl with, with a massive headgear. And then Nick comes and sits down across from her. And they're just like, not even acknowledging that there's two other humans <laughs> at this table. They're so peripheral that just, it feels like it's, it's just so that time yeah. where like some kids just didn't exist to you and you're just in your own shit. I just, I just loved it. I, I will admit when I watched that scene last night, I did think of you and your. Yeah, I had to wear headgear. Yeah. <laughs> you, mean, you, mean, you mean in life? Amazing. I wish everyone could just have seen. I the had to. I had face. a. I had a, a big curly afro and headgear. I had to wear over it to to, to, to sleep to junior high no, to school to school. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a dark time I'm in not, junior high. Just, I'm not. I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I'm upset for you. You're my friend. I can't believe you had to go through that. Yeah. It was, it was only for about a month. Whatever, dude. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, scars. That's they're, they're hard. Still, they're we, still there. I, and, and he, I, has a, he also has a really good story, but I feel like that's. No, no, please, time. please. Oh, I mean, I'm not. Which, which it story are you referring to? Johnny Doe, not Johnny Watch. Okay, cool. <laughs> referring to the. Uh, it was something to do with you being called to the. Oh, that was yeah, 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 yes, yeah. I can tell the story. I'm fine with this, and this actually feels very akin to a yeah, freaks this and is geeks. a freaks and geeks. Story, this is a freaks so and geeks story, I feel so this like makes it's sense. Uh, so I had a panic attack in junior high. What a shock! Just shocking. <laughs> uh, and, I can't believe you only had one. <laughs> well, th- this was the first, and um, <laughs> and so my hands started to go numb because I was hyperventilating. Sure, and I was convinced I was having a stroke. So I ran to the principal's office, and. <laughs> As one does. As one does. And I was like, I'm dying. Someone needs to call 911 or whatever. And she looked at me. She's like, okay, you're fine. But like, sit down over there. So I go and sit down. And our uh, our, our PE teacher, uh, whose name was uh, called Boner Boyd, because he always wore sweatpants and he was always al dente. Like, he was always sort of – That's what the kids called, the Boner Boyd. Yes. Where yeah. they call him to his – I don't. Well, his name was Mr. Boyd. Everyone is really funny. That's the funny. That's the funniest Canadian joke I've ever heard. Well, uh, <laughs> so so Mr. Boyd sees me panicking in the in the sort of lobby of the principal's office, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, I think I'm dying. Like, I think I'm having a stroke." And he sits down next to me, and he like puts his hand on my shoulder to like try to calm me down. And some kid sees this, and then starts spreading rumors that Boner Boyd is sexually molesting me throughout oh, the school. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Did you have your headgear? Not on me at the time. <laughs> so but this really paints a picture, doesn't it? It's, I think you understand why I am I, the way I am now. Anyway, well, at the very least. It makes me think you're a better writer than I did a second ago. <laughs> so that's uh, that happened. Oh man, yeah. I got nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's some shit, Phil. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, good times. Yeah. Um, so, so appropriate for this. I love Phil's boner. boner. So everyone just called him Boyd. Boyd. Did, was he aware of Boner Boyd? I'm sure. And when you said right. he, uh, what he, El Dente. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what that means in it's this when, context. When pasta is a little bit too oh, hard, so I do. It is what you bet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was praying that you. I was. I was hoping you used the wrong term. <laughs> nope. That's why they called him Boner Boyd. He was always a little too hard. Yeah, and everyone was just like, and he's wearing sweatpants, which just accentuates it. He just had a big dick, obviously. Whatever. Yeah. A little too hard. This guy should have been fired. 
This poor man yeah. was just trying to provide some emotional comfort. Yeah, for to a panicking. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that's uh, oh, so that happened. Is this the episode with uh, or next episode is, the, next is with uh, yeah. Tom Wilson with, when yeah. he boner boids him? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which which actually made me think of that as I was watching. It, oh, so, God. so there you go. Uh, I'm, yeah, so there I'm, you go. I'm fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Sam's forced to write about vandalism, which feels so high school for someone to be like, write a 500-word essay on why vandalism is bad. To me, that that feels a little more middle school. There are a few sure. things in this show that I think they're conflating middle school stories and high school stories a little bit. But I'm fine with it because the fact is – I mean, it also especially for me because my my middle school went up to ninth grade. So ninth grade was still middle school – and oh man, the my brother and his friends just were Sam Weir and uh, and his. And his I felt friends. a lot of Sam Weir. In I, I mean, first of all, I looked as I sent a picture to you, Kenny. Yeah. Of what I look, I looked a lot like Sam Weir. I had like big curly hair, and I was small for my age. And but you were cute. Oh, thanks. I mean, that's a nice yeah, I, way. I, I don't think that Sam Weir's unattractive. No, I mean, he's and cute too. I love. But he has his ridiculous kid. teeth. He does have ridiculous. That's why teeth. you got your teeth fixed. It's true. <laughs> I, I love in this show how Cindy, you know, does yeah. like him. Yes. You know, I think does. that that's also realistic. That there wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot more gray area in, in high school. And I think totally. that the show really nails that. I, I totally agree. I with them. think a kid like Sam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Would have been a viable partner for a girl like Cindy. Cindy. Mm-hmm. Future um, Republican, Cindy. Future Republican. Whereas, <laughs> where, whereas Neil and Bill, never in a million years. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, even though he rolls with Neil and Bill, I think like, yeah, I think there is so- something to him that, you know, there's potential there. Yeah, I think I think part of it is that and like John Francis Daly grows up to be a good looking man. Yeah, yeah. So you know she saw it. She should have had him sign like a twelve year contract. <laughs> There's something to the fact that Bill and Neil are. I mean, Bill has the the physical um, limitations. Let's just say that are accentuated, which is that he's sort of an odd looking person. The glasses, all of it. Um, Neil is just so aggressively Jewish. <laughs> I was going to say Neil, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the, the, yeah, the Shatner impressions and the whatever and all of it. And, uh, yeah, but it's that just, kid also – I mean that kid existed. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean that's why he wouldn't be appealing to oh, – because there's sure. you're just like, I don't know what to do with this. Sure. Whereas Sam's just like, he's a nice kid. He's just kind of you know, nerdy. Looking at grown-up John Francis Daly pictures, it was like John – so we, we haven't really talked about John Francis really Daly haven't. at all because like everyone else's, everyone else's career has been kind of uh, a straight line, right? Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen is basically still Seth Rogen. Jason Siegel is basically still Jason Siegel. Like they're basically just grown-up versions of these people. Linda Cardellini and John yeah. Apatow and Paul Feigen, Mike White, all of them are basically just the grown-up versions of the people. Which John, they wrote to, I'm assuming. Right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. John Francis Daly is a little random kid who had never acted before. Never. 14. Right? 14-year-old random kid who then goes on to disappear, period, mm-hmm. for 10, 15 years, yeah. reemerges as like the biggest fucking comedy screenwriter <laughs> In well, he's on co- Bones, right? Was he on Bones for a while? Maybe as an actor, he's yeah. on Bones. But he was like, adult. So he I believe it. he wrote uh, Horrible Bosses. Yeah. He did, yeah. And then and he, he directs as well. Right? And yeah. now they, yeah, yeah, they did Game Night. Game yeah. Night's great. And Game Amazing. Night was awesome. Game Night's great. No, no, he's he's yeah. good. He's on really top good. Of, I'm not 
trying to say he's like a yeah. like a he's yeah. like good. Yeah. He's yeah. but he's he, probably the number one go to. Him and his partner John the Goldstein yeah. are probably the number one go to comedy rewrite guys in town. I yeah. have to assume that he had good parents. Is maybe my guess in terms of the the gap keeping him away. Keep, yeah. You know, yeah. m- insisting yeah. that he you know like. Go to college and learn to read. Learn, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which Jordan Catalano's parents did not insist upon. Also, I mean, there's a difference between you know he was 14. I think Jason was how Jason, Jason was uh, 19. 19. Because I, I know that he. Hold on, I have this at the ready. <laughs> uh, the yeah. mo- the movies these people have made, like the movie, like look at the he was 19. The, look it's, at this. This is insane. Between Franco, Siegel, Rogan, and John Francis Daly. Yeah. The movies that they've been on the it's other side of the camera on, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. and Rashida Jones, yeah. Yeah. for that matter, yeah. Yeah. it's Crazy. nuts. Yeah. Well, and then I mean, obviously on the fr- you know in front of the camera as well. When oh, you yeah. look at like Martin Starr's career, obviously mm-hmm. with uh, Silicon Valley, Cartellini. I mean, this it's it's crazy. casting director was a fucking genius. A genius. Well, like she's, this, and she's, now she's the, the biggest. She's yeah. the biggest casting director. I know. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, it's amazing stuff. It's. I mean, it, it is. It's. It's crazy to think of how um, green they were as actors and which is – and again, it's a testament to the writers to be able to see the strengths, to see who they were, to read them as people and then to write to them in that way is just so important. It's it's amazing stuff. Well, I know. It's interesting because Jason has has said that Apatow would – you know, very early on – he said something. I, I I will probably be massacring this this anecdote because uh-huh. um, it was said over dinner and I had had some wine. But um, <laughs> but he basically said that Apatow was like, I don't know if any of you guys are good enough to really make it as actors. So <laughs> I'm going to teach you to write. And so he would That's have so them funny. write. He, apparently, they were doing like rewrites on stuff. He was huh. like, he got free work out of us all the time on That's different amazing. different projects. Yeah. But he did teach them all. How to write? I think Rogan was in the undeclared writers' room, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I pretty sure so. that's Maybe. true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but they're all also like clearly, really, really smart, ambitious people. Yeah, um, who understand their lane, like understand what they're bringing to the table, like understand what people like about them. Like that understanding is paramount, right? Like to be able to sort of say, like, I get what America digs about me, and and to deconstruct that in various ways, I think is interesting. Oh, very specific actors too. Um, so one of the things that I love in this episode is uh, Lindsay's – how skeptical she is of Kim wanting to be her friend. Mm-hmm. Like she just doesn't buy it and doesn't understand it. And it, it, it's – it plays into the next episode as well. The manipulation of Lindsay, how each of the freaks see her and how she fits into their plans I think is really interesting and that she's – justified in her skepticism uh, is is pretty amazing stuff. They also never really completely cover how she gets in with this group because it feels like Daniel is the one who's the point of entry and says like, this is my friend, but how on earth those two became friends is, is sort of a mystery. What was it? You said that originally they, was it that originally didn't want, like she was already part of the crew. I believe in the, I mean, I don't believe. I believe I read in yep. the original pilot she was in the crew, and then NBC said uh, we don't really buy it or something. We have to show her entering the group. So I think they did a little lip service to that. And and mm-hmm. yeah, there was Daniel who brought her into the group, mm-hmm. and it is kind of uh, left out. I think intentionally, like what that was. But to me, it's like to me, it just seems like someone who spent a summer thinking long and hard about who she wants to be and decided to go back to school with her dad's army jacket, which yeah. is a decision that they, they shot the a light Chase on. It's the red hair. Yeah, know? exactly. I'm this, this year I'm going to be this person yeah. and it took. Yeah. And every once in a while it takes for, you know, that would happen every year. Someone would come back from the summer and just kind of successfully switch groups. <laughs> you know? I think there's also, I mean, and I don't think NBC's note is bad. Like I actually think that, that, us being coming into this group with Lindsay, I think helps. I think it helps you sort of feel as though you're being brought into this world a little bit. It makes it, it doesn't make it a premise pilot per se, but it just gives it's a you a premise. Yeah. It's a little premise, but it gives you a little bit of that. And I'm not, I appreciated it, I guess. And I like seeing this transition for her. I, I think too, the, the tension between the old life and the new life, mm-hmm. it, it brings so much energy yeah. 
to her character and to the show. And Which so. I think you could you could still have had it if she was in if we found her in the group uh, or if she had recently become a part of the group. Whatever the case might yeah. be, I, I just I think that I appreciated us. I like to, it like this. Yeah, I think I it's the right move. I also like this idea that um, freaks and geeks aren't so different. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like it really is kind of the same the um, two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. and maybe not the geeks we know. I'm talking about the three geeks we know. But um, if Harris had a cool summer, Harris could turn around and maybe be a freak <laughs> next year. You know, like Harris isn't that oh, far off. He's yeah. the best. He's you not. Know? He's not. He's not. He's got the long. He's halfway there. Yeah. Little confidence, and if he, you know, yeah. gets a good weed hookup, like he could hang out with the freaks next yeah. year. So yeah. he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. Right? Got a girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. What's I can't remember her name, but the, <laughs> their relationship's amazing. Harris is the dopest. Um, Harris is the best. So Kim's car is amazing. This gremlin yeah. that's that is amazing. It's still running. Uh, I love her unloading all of her family stuff on Lindsay on the drive to the house. Lindsay doesn't know why she's telling her this stuff. Yeah. And then dumps like on the walk to the house all of this shit that she needs to keep – all these balls she has to yeah. keep in the air. Um, and Dowd looking like a different person as the mom. The actress. No, I know. Who did you – I remember seeing her on Anne the credits. Dowd. Holy shit. Yeah, she I, was Kim Kelly's mom? I did not – pick up on that even a tiny bit yeah holy shit holy shit it's crazy that is crazy i i have to say the the scene (laughs) the scene at kim kelly's house is probably my least favorite part of this episode it's it's the most kind of it's dialed up yeah it's dialed up too much and which for a show that delicately finds that balance of everybody being just heightened enough yeah this wow yeah it's yeah she is really good in it, though. She's great. She's she, great. Like She's very great. It's specific not her too. Fault, yeah. I don't think. Although it's the, the combo the, of her and the dad. The stepfather is not great. No, he's not. He's not yeah. a great actor. He's not and great. It's too, it's a little cliched. I think yeah. he's a little too handsome. Does Mike White ever show up again? I can't remember. Or is he just, so. he just he just he's just this uh, couch surfing? He's just Chip sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Be quieter. You're gonna wake Chip. I wish he didn't have Brain a line. Damage. I know he has a line, and I wish he didn't have any line. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I agree with that. It just would have been yeah. kind of a sillier joke. Um, I love Bill when they're talking about Karen saying, "I think she's a sex fiend." <laughs> <laughs> Girls don't get horny. <laughs> well, see, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just a fact. Yeah. Okay. I, guys, I can tell you from that experience that's so true. Much, so <laughs> much more about it. you. Um, <laughs> oh, I know else. it does. <laughs> I do love uh, Kim saying Daniel is sexier than Rod Stewart. Yeah. Which I had no idea was a bar that like Rod Stewart. It's funny you know. because I do sometimes forget that it's 80s. I, yeah. Even though they make it very clear with all the, you know, the set deck and the costumes and all that. But I, I lose sight of it, and then they'll make a Rod Stewart reference, and I'm like, oh, right. it's yeah. literally impossible to believe that Ron Stewart was ever the ever. bar for sex. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. I, <laughs> literally impossible. Yeah. Chuck Klosterman just gave an interview to, I think it was New York Times Magazine or something like that. You know Chuck Klosterman? Yeah. yeah. Um, where they asked him, like, what book should you not read until you're 40? And he said, the autobiography of Rod Stewart. <laughs> 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 That's so I, when I get when I turn forty, yeah, I'm, gonna, go. I'm gonna crack that one open. <laughs> <laughs> it also it's funny too because uh, with Karen, you know, like she's trying and posturing to be a badass while rocking a Journey T-shirt. Like it's th- that wasn't Journey was probably bad. They're they're bad, like bad, like hardcore in Billy in Madison. In Billy Madison. When he has to go to college and be cool, or maybe with some other cool guy, he rocks that Ario Speedwagon shirt. <laughs> yeah, like those were the cool bands. I think well. they maybe were. I, I, I mean, I think Journey was was cool. There was no indie rock. No, I know, but there like, was Led no Zeppelin, KCRW. Like, I think it was as as Nick references earlier. It's disco is sort of yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, Ugh. we 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 had we did a deep dive into Nick. Uh, with uh, with David in a previous episode, but I just David's extrapolation of that character made me love him that much more. Yeah, I've. Do you know what I mean? I love him more than I did too. He he really kind of. I really love the actor who plays him. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's there's there is a uh, because Nick is 
I will just say he's thin for the first couple episodes. They don't really do much of a, a yeah. until Lindsay starts dating him yeah. reluctantly. Like <laughs> I just love that. Uh, and, and feel, Alan said, you feel for him in the first oh, few though. Cause it's so obvious. It's so obvious happening. how much he's into her. Yeah. Um, but Alan Seppenwall had a great story about how I think Judd Apatow said that he just loved the idea of a relationship where one of the people really didn't want to be in it. And it's, I mean, oh, man, <laughs> It's rough. It's rough. But it's it's great because you really get to see the building blocks of it. Even if we don't get a ton of Nick, what we do get of him really does speak to this sort of bravado performance sort of thing that he's putting on. It's so painful to watch. Yeah. We also talked a little bit about the credits, but Nick is one of my favorites in the credits too because of how perfect that laugh is, that high weird laugh that he gives at the beginning. It's just the best. Well, he's a He's a smiler. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a big like in in, in pictures. There's it, there's a pretty. It says a lot about you, the way you sit for a picture. Yeah, and he's a smiler. Like, <laughs> and the fact that he's a smiler betrays something about him that I don't think he'd probably want his friends to know. That's that's fair. You know. Yeah. And I think that – to me, that's like the core of this character, the core of this character. And we got into this with yeah. the, the Millie thing with Jesus um, – what's the song? Jesus – what is it? Jesus what? is uh, – Jesus is all right. Jesus all right kicks ass. Yeah. 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 Jesus um, kicks ass. It's from it's – a, It's a real song. It's a real song. It's yeah, from – is it from a musical? Uh, I'm looking it up we'll right figure now. figure it out. But Jesus, yeah, when, when he said Jesus rules the world, uh, he <laughs> – it really – there's this dichotomy, which is like he wants to have it both ways. He wants to be a freaking kind of make fun of the nerd. He also wants to, you know, yep. sing, <laughs> like, which I actually think yeah. is kind of what yeah. it comes down which to. Which is also like, – And play the drums. Jason. I mean like oh, yeah. he is just very musical. I think Jason, based on all the characters he's played and what I know about his work, you know him as a person. I don't. But he does seem like somebody who hangs with the cool kids and also has like the soul of a poet. I would say that that's accurate. He he is a very sincere person mm-hmm. and a very nice person. There's the great story about the vampire musical. Well, yeah, the one that that Apatow. So we yeah. play. So he has Apatow over to his house and to play him the vampire musical, which ultimately is is put into forgetting Sarah Marshall, yeah. and he plays it from earnestly, and Judd starts laughing, and and <laughs> Jason says, "What?" And he says, "Don't ever play that for another soul ever again." I give him so much credit. <laughs> For finding a way to, to get that it. out in the it's world. The it's and, the best. And it's the best. I mean, I love that movie so much, but yeah. I think the vampire musical is what really sets that movie apart for me. It's the best. It's like, that's when I fell in love with that character. Like yeah. when he, it's also the moment when, when Mila's character falls in love with him, when yeah. he starts singing that yeah. and she's laughing and then she's just like, I love that this takes guy. a lot of confidence yeah. to know that that would do it. And yeah. he has, you know, he has this, he has the soul of a weirdo. And I <laughs> yeah. think in a great, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think that, the reason I know him is because of the show I'm working on now, and yeah. it's a show he created. And uh, it's what's a, the show? And I'm not just oh, being a dick. What's the show? Uh, it's called Dispatches from Elsewhere. It will be coming out on AMC in I think February or March awesome. next year. It's gonna be great. It's it's Jason. It's Sally Field. It's uh, Richard E. Grant and uh, Andre Benjamin, and uh, a Damn. new face named Eve Lindley. It's fucking great. I I love it. It is um, something that I'm very proud to be working on but it's a big swing and it's fucking weird cool <laughs> so i think uh, is it original it is loosely based it, it's designed to be an anthology series mm-hmm. so each season would be different but it's loosely based on um, a real life thing there's a documentary on netflix called the institute which is fine um it's it's not a great documentary but the thing it's about is really interesting um and we kind of – I loosely describe it as if the movie The Game with Michael Douglas was a, a very weird comedy. Cool. Yeah. I love The Game. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do too. Kenny loves The Game. Love The Game. It's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean I think there is something very um, sort of vulnerable about Jason and about Nick. And it's just kind of all bound into this relationship with this girl. And then there's the whole like – Forgetting Sarah Marshall being loosely based on the relationship with Linda Cardellini, uh, which is amazing too. So there's just a lot yeah. baked into it. There's it's a lot just going on. it's just good stuff. Uh, and and you can't even like really articulate it. Like it's all just a feeling that exists within all of this. It's really I, great. I remember when that movie got announced, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and they announced that Christabel would be playing Sarah Marshall. At this point, I was like fully yeah, yeah. inside Same. of Veronica Mars. Yeah. 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 
and that spoke so well of him to me <laughs> that he knew yeah. like this is the one this is the this yeah. is the the train to get on so yeah. it's good it's, it's, it's it guy. is oh god that movie it really holds up it's great it yeah. really does i recently i watched it on an airplane i'd been wanting to rewatch it but i was hesitant because of the opening and the fact bad that bad for I, a plane well, yeah so i was yeah. like i'm going to watch this on an airplane so i don't have to see my friends slash coworkers Oh, you watched the airplane version? I watched the airplane version. And they didn't have the – They did not. I watched the airplane version of Horrible Bosses and they did have penis in that. Uh, there was no penis and <laughs> I was delighted. <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen it already. What's the big deal? But yeah. like before I knew him. So <laughs> don't want to see it again. Yeah, it's just yeah. like I don't I – That's my second favorite uh, Kristen Bell performance. Not my second favorite penis. That's my second. I was going to say, what's your first favorite penis? Oh, Veronica Mars is my okay. first favorite. Veronica, <laughs> my first favorite penis is, of course, the prosthetic in Boogie Nights. And then it's fair. both it's, fair. It's my favorite Russell Brand by a billion children. Oh, he's miles. great. Too. He's yeah. so good. He's, he's really great. Good. Why didn't we get more of that? Yeah. The fuck? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. I, okay, so I do want to say because Please. I feel like we're, yeah, we're, we're going to start running up. out yeah, of yeah, time yeah. and we somehow turned the big uh, Kim Kelly and Lindsay episode into talking about all the boys. Yes. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's, yeah, no, but again, that's 87 fine. cents that's, on a dollar. That's, if that, we top that, we're good. <laughs> uh, so no, we can please. Hope for. We get 88 no, that's I, I just wanted to uh, say that my favorite part of this episode is when Kim comes to Lindsay's house. Because I was literally just Lindsay being kind of stuck between Kim and her parents. Yeah. And I I just felt it so deeply because I, I was very Lindsay in high school. Like I got just a, in high school though. <laughs> Yes, forever. I don't know. Yeah. None of us really yeah. change. Yeah. But no, I I was the the nerdy kid, you know, who got good grades, but who wanted, to, you know, I started to branch out, and I would go to see bands all the time. I was still kind of nerdy, but you know, I, I was straddling, starting to straddle that line. And uh, I remember specifically in particular, there was one time. This must have been like, I think it was a summer after junior before senior year. Okay. And my best friend Allison, who Phil knows, and Kenny, have you met past Allison? and future guest? Yeah, past, past and future guest, past Allison Akel. Yeah. Allison Akel, of yeah. course, yes. So she had gone to some sort of leadership camp. So keep this. This is the context. <laughs> this is still firmly within this kind of group. That's, of I can't people. imagine Allison Akel wanting say. to be in a leadership. Sounds on brand. Yeah, it's, it's almost as hard to picture as Phil in his headgear. So, God damn it. <laughs> So she had gone to this leadership camp and then we were home for this summer and she – there was a party down in uh, Tom's River, New Jersey. And so we went to this party and I drove. So I had like a beer because I was terrified of, you know, drunk driving and et cetera. But um, we, we were going to give her friend um, a ride home and her friend proceeded to get fucking hammered. <laughs> So, so male friend or female friend? Female friend. Okay. So this girl gets fucking just wasted at this party. So we get her in the car and immediately we're like, oh, no, this is bad. So then we go back to the party and feed her bread because we, <laughs> we thought that it would soak, soak up, up the, the alcohol. It's yeah. such a – Which just meant that then she proceeded to throw up bread for like the oh. next – Several hours. So we get to my house first because she lives – I don't even know where she lives. She decides that she can't go home because she'll get in trouble. So she won't tell us where she lives. So then we bring her to my house. She's immediately throwing up bread on the front lawn. And my parents come out and they're like, nope. Like she is not coming in this house. <laughs> so now we're stuck because we don't know. It just like my parents like looking at this and like they weren't really mad at us because we clearly weren't drunk. Yeah. And like they trusted us because it was kind of the same relationship as like Lindsay and her sure. parents. But they were like, you cannot put her in this house. Like, we will not have it. And she wouldn't tell us where she fucking lived. Oh, my God. So we just ended up, like, putting her to sleep on the front porch oh my for the night. God. And, you know, Alice and I stayed up, like, with her for a while okay, to make sure okay. she didn't get, like, murdered. It was also, like, this is Jersey Shore. Then it, then it got cold. Then, and- it got, then we got tired. <laughs> and we were like, we're going to bed. No, yeah, on a porch. It, no, it was hot. We were like, we wanted to go in the air conditioning yeah, in summer. And, and, you know, we didn't – it was, like, at some point, it was, like, 4 a.m. We were like, fuck it. So we just wrote a note. We, were, we wrote a note and left it on the front door. We were like, hi, we're inside for when you wake up. 
And, uh, I love that. yeah, it was, but like my, just that feeling yeah. of seeing my parents be like super kind of, they didn't really know how to handle the situation. They just knew that they didn't really want anything to do with it. And I feel like that's exactly what was happening with, uh, Lindsay for sure. So there's good. also something very, I appreciate um, you telling that story. I love that story. <laughs> I, I think there's something funny and sad about the way she came at the house, which yeah. is that. You know she just wants a family. Like, yeah. like there's, oh, I thought she just wants a fucking decent meal. Well, that, I mean that possibly too. But you yeah. can tell that she's just like so happy to be in. First of all, a house with walls. Yeah. Uh, and and a home and and parents that care about their kids and and you can sense that that she's yeah. kind of eating that but up as well. She's a little bit feral. <laughs> she is. She is. She is. And I love her character so much. I think uh, Busy Phillips just nails it because that's a type of, of girl and that you don't see in a lot of teen things. You know, it's always like the cool girl or the pretty girl or the nerdy girl or, you know, the slutty girl. But like the fact that she's, you know, a little, she's tough, but she's also, you know, she's, she has all the, the wants and hopes and fears. Yeah. You can feel simmering and the, and her relationship with Daniel, like, you know, she's a little bit tougher. She's not, you know, super, um, I guess, you know, she's, she's obviously feminine, but like, she's, you know, she feels like a real kid. Well, she's from a broken home. Yeah. She's probably abused in one way or another, almost definitely emotionally abused. I think we witnessed mm-hmm. that. Um, she's necessarily has a tough ex- exterior. She, emotionally abuses her friends, physically abuses her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, frankly, if we really want to psychologically analyze the executives at NBC, why they didn't, why they weren't comfortable with this episode, it was a depiction of a character like that. Just the depiction of a lower class, Mm -hmm. um, lower class, aggressive 17 year old, uh, made people uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's what it, I really think that's what yeah. it comes down to. Well, she's 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 dangerous. Like her character feels dangerous, and I think that they just probably didn't know how to process. And they that. they go pretty hard with it. Again, and I don't say this necessarily as a criticism, but they are kind of taking plays out of the my so called life playbook because there's the episode in my so called life where Angela kind of gets the real on Rayanne and her mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a while she thinks – and they do it a different way. She thinks that Rand's mom is so cool because she's kind of more of a friend than a parent and her parents are just kind of, you know, very normal square parents. And uh, then she sees that this is not a great situation and Rayanne doesn't really have a good parental figure and she can't count on her mother and her mother's kind of a drunk and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a very similar story to here. Sure. But I think that – the edges to Rayanne are a little bit softer in my so-called mm-hmm. life than than what happens here. Almost necessarily, yeah. though, be like she because yeah. she Rand's so much is put on Rand's character um, that gets dis- diffused among at least four characters on this show, and maybe even five if you want to include Sam. Yeah, um, you were talking made me think of just how much I love Veronica Mars and <laughs> just. Well, because I do feel like so many shows have that kind of dichotomy, which is either your parents or your friends, but they also suck. Or your parents are like, you know, (laughs) kind of strict square disciplinarians, but they secretly rule. Um, But I love Gilmore Girls and I love Veronica Mars for saying parents can be cool and also good. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like what I think really you should aspire to be. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with being your kid's friends as long as it's very clear Mm -hmm. you are also and kind of primarily their parent. For sure. It's Um, interesting too when you look at just how – because Veronica Mars was what, 2004? I think it started in four. So it's a difference of five years and it's so much darker than this. The fact – I think part of what makes it so mind-blowing that they refuse to air – Kim Kelly is my friend. Is that you look at any number of episodes of Veronica Mars? And they Every are one of them, infinitely. Dark. Every one of them, yeah. Every single yeah. one of them. So I don't know if that's just you know the difference between UPN. NBC and UPN, where they were like, no one's watching anyway. So, fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Ash. Yeah, and, anytime. Uh, I, awesome. I'm, I'm, you know. 
I've got I've got something to prove now. <laughs> so no, we I mean we're gonna be we're doing more. No, so we'd love to have you back for it. This is always fun. Thank yes. you for having me. Uh, and you're you're gonna come back for another movie or another episode of Freaks and Geeks or you know we've got the Sopranos coming up as well. So yeah, you know we're gonna better. have you on for that. Um, next and week you could do something without teenagers in it. <laughs> but who would I even be? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next week we're doing episode 105 uh, with your significant other Bart Nickerson and writing partner mm-hmm. uh, for tests and breasts um, and yeah I mean I'm, I'm excited to, to we haven't had Bart on and no. I'm excited to he, we talk a lot about him he's sort of the yeah. third man so I'm excited to finally have you know me uh, and you being the first two men no I meant like the movie the third man Oh, of course. Now they're talking about him <laughs> through most of us. So, yes. So. Um, but I'm glad that I yeah. clarified that. Uh, I am at PM Iscove on Instagram and Twitter. We are at podcast like 1999 on Instagram and Twitter. You are at. <laughs> so, forget again. Don't worry. And I know it's like Ash Lyle, Lyle, something like that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I think I'm at Ash and Lyle. Yes, I think that's I what think. it is. Uh, Kenny is at Nybart. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, and uh, tune in next week for episode 105. Thanks. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.